0: Hey, it's so good to welcome you to Fields Church Online, and we are so pleased that you've tuned in for this message. No matter what's going on in your world right now, we pray that you come away feeling encouraged by this message.
1: Just going to invite Adrian up, um, who's going to share the word with us this morning um, and encourage us. Just going to pray for you, Adrian. Father, we thank you for Adrian, for your vessel this morning. We pray that he would be full to overflowing with you this morning. Just help us to to hear you through Adrian's words. We thank you for all of the preparation that he's been doing. All of the ways that you've been influencing this talk already, God. And we just pray that you would be at the centre. Keep our eyes fixed on you,
0: Jesus. Amen. To Ursula. Ursula's just in the back uh, there, or just forward. We've been married uh, for quite a long while now, haven't we? Yeah. So we're at the stage of life where we've got uh, children and we've got grandchildren, which is great. But um, we're at the season where they've got pets. And I just want to talk about that for a moment, okay? So our daughter uh, Leanne and uh, Ben decided they want to go on holiday. And one of the purposes for grandparents is obviously that they deposit their animals (laughs) to, to to the grandparents. So we had guinea pigs, a hamster, and a reptile. I don't know what the reptile was. But um, the, th- the thing is, I have to say, okay, so I was, I was happy with that. I put the guinea pigs in the garage, seemed a sensible place. Maisie told me the hamster lives in her bedroom. So I said, well, it's not going to live in our bedroom, but we'll, we'll put it upstairs so it feels uh, fairly comfortable. Now, I didn't realise that this hamster has a superpower. And this hamster has a wheel And this hamster is nocturnal. Why would any child want a nocturnal pet? I don't understand. So anyway, so in the evening, it's all quite good. So when it's new and fresh, these things are okay, aren't they? So we're sitting in the lounge in the evening, and I'm hearing this whirling, this whirling. And I think, ah, the hamster is up. Oh, isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? At two in the morning... When the hamster's wheel is still going round and I can't sleep, it's not so good because I didn't understand that this is one of the fittest hamsters that there's ever been. And this hamster's wheel is still going. How can he go on for so long? He doesn't even seem to take a break to eat. (laughs) It's unbelievable. But this hamster was a super hamster and he had a superpower and that was he was super fit. So this hamster never stops, so I took the wheel out. That's the way to stop the hamster. The hamster the hamster just stood there looking at me. and then I went back to bed. There we go. There we go. If anybody gives you a pet hamster, make sure you know what to do, okay. Garage is best. Okay, let's stand and pray. There's been a tremendous sense of God's presence here this morning. And I want us to lean into that. This is a tremendous subject, the spiritual gifts. And um, we've got the miraculous gifts of miraculous powers. And that's an incredible subject for us this morning. And as we lean into, I don't know how this journey of the last few weeks has been for you, but I found that uh, since before Christmas when we started, and Pastor's been leaded in that, that my expectation and my expectancy of God is growing. Because God has been taking me on a journey to remind me of how great and awesome He is. Even the snow can stop Don't you just love that when God can organize, and it seems so personal, but there must be lots of other people praying for snow and skiing. But sometimes God just meets us right where we are. Isn't that incredible? What a God we have. So let's just open our hearts this morning to what God's going to say. So Father, as we stand in your awesome presence this morning, We just pray that uh, we'll all be aware of your wonderful presence here through your Holy Spirits. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you will just move amongst us. Father, that you will bring things to mind. That, Father, you will just bless, encourage, and open your word to our hearts. Help our hearts to be open and ready to receive from you. You know exactly where we are, Father. You know exactly the things that have been taking up our time and our effort during these past few days. You know if we're sad in your presence. You know if we're happy. You know exactly what's going on in our lives. And Father, I pray uniquely that your word will minister to us where we are this morning. Open the hearts of our understanding. Enlarge our vision. Give us an expectation of our God that goes beyond ourselves. And just speak to us now, in and through it, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So here we are. We've arrived at the day when we're going to talk concerning the gift of miraculous powers. To be honest, it's a day I'd had tried to put off when Pastor Richard asked me to talk into. And I think he mentioned it before Christmas, and I kept putting it off. He said to me, are you ready? And I said, no. And I just tried to keep putting it off. But you know, God's been taking me on an adventure. And I love that when God opens and speaks to us through his words. When he tries to open up our understanding. We've been going on this adventure and we've been looking at the spiritual gifts. We've been looking at the way that God is empowering and blessing his church. And he's given us gifts to use. He's not left us powerless but he's left us with a spiritual gifts, And I wonder this morning if you're living an empowered life through Jesus Christ and through the gifts of the Holy Spirit or you're living a defeated life. You're not sure what's going on. You gave your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. But you've just been drifting through the days and the weeks and you have no expectation of God in your life then I wonder what God has been saying to you over these past few weeks. We need to lean into the Word of God. We need to understand what God has for us. God did not want to leave his church without help. And that's a tremendous thing, isn't it? He sent the Holy Spirit as a comforter when he went back to heaven to be on the right hand of his Father. He loves us so much that he cares about our today and he cares about our tomorrow and he wants us to have the Holy Spirit here with us now. He didn't want to leave us on our own. He knew that we'd have to have help to navigate through life. And I love that. Don't you love that this morning that we have a God that meets us where we are, that loves us where we are that wants to, to, to give us richly all things. He has ways to prosper us, not to harm us, as we seek him. And God is empowering his church, and his church are his people, and his people are those that have given their lives and hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ in repentance and faith. And so, we come to that passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians and 12, and I'm just going to read it. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. So we know that the Holy Spirit distributes the gifts. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of work. But in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common goods. It's for all of our benefits that God has given these gifts into the church. It's for all of our benefits. And you know, very sadly... I can remember many times in the past where the gifts have separated and divided his church and that's not the way it should be because these gifts should unite his church, not divide his church. So we need to be mindful of that. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gift of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. And the word here for miracles is rooted in the Greek word dunamai. The definition of miracles here is an event that supersedes known scientific natural laws. These laws are temporarily suspended because of a supernatural act of God. Did you get that? When God intervenes, when God intervenes in a dramatic way, in a miraculous way, then we would do well to stand up and take notice. Because you see, when God is moving and when God is doing something, then we need to lean in and see what God is doing. God empowered His church, and He then sent out His church. And we're going to be flicking through. If you've got your Bibles, you can flick with me. But uh, to Mark, hey, let's lean into this. We've we've read this a few weeks ago, but let's lean into it again. Let's listen again. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on people who are ill and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus. Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. God wanted to empower his disciples, he wanted to empower his people. You see, when God's at work, people stand up and take notice. And when the word of God was spread, There were miracles and signs and miraculous things that were going on and happening as God leaned in. And the Holy Spirit wants to do incredible things. Now I just want us to lean in and to look at a few passages. So try and get your Bibles in front of you and we're going to go through a few things quite quickly. Okay, Matthew and chapter 8. Matthew and chapter 8 verse 23. Listen to this. This is Jesus. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. Even then they said, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Why did they obey him? Because he was the creator. And all of creation has to bow at God's words. So when God says something, it changes. So when we have a God of creation." When we had a God who made the seas and formed the dry land, when God says the storm should end, the storm ends. The storm has to end when God says and speaks his words. And I want you to understand that this God is a God of the miraculous. He has almighty power. He has almighty power. There is nothing, nothing that our God cannot do. Matthew 14, 22. Listen to this. More 14 and 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up onto a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. Forgive me for speaking fast. And the boat was already a considerable forward from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. (laughs) Why? It was the quickest way to go. He could do it. He could do it. Why did did he do it? Because he can. Hey, Isn't that amazing? So he just walked on the water because he's God's. It's incredible, isn't it? Even the water. So he can change the rule. You're not supposed to do it. It's not a normal thing. So if you go to the river or you go to Felixstown and you start to walk on the water, I would probably be surprised if the water held your weight because it's not supposed to. But you see, God, Jesus Christ, changed the rules. And in that moment, he wanted to walk over the, over the Sea of Galilee. And he could do it because he's almighty. And because he has the miraculous power, he can do anything. So he's opening up our minds. He's opening the disciples' minds to the miraculous. He's opening up their hearts to see and to get a glimpse of what God can do. Is your God too small? Is your God too small? Has he, is he powerless? Do you believe that faith can move a mountain? Do you really? You really believe that? You believe that God is almighty and he can do anything? He wants to open our minds, open up our hearts. These teenage disciples, he wanted to show them who they were following. Because when he left them, he didn't want them to be powerless. He wanted them to do their own things. Miracles, incredible acts. Because God the Holy Spirit was empowering them to work. Wow. Mark 6, where are we? 48. Mark 6, 48. Where are we? I love this. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. I love that. Just. Ambling by, but when he saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost, and they cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, "Take courage! It is I. Don't be afraid." Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. Another incident when the winds and the waves obey him because he's the savior of the worlds, and because he wanted the disciples to see and to know that he alone was God's. In Mark 16, let's go on. Mark 16 and 15. I just want to remind you of that verse where he said there, they will pick up snakes with their hands and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And then I want you to go into Acts 28 and verse 1 and get a hold of this. This is Paul. Paul is moving around. Remember Paul's journeys. He's arrived now after a shipwreck. He's been shipwrecked and it's Acts 28 verse 1 and he's arrived safely on Malta. Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us an unusual gap with a pile of build of fire, welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand. And when the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, the goddess justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects." The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead, but after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusually happen to him, they changed their minds and thought he was a god. You see what a difference it makes, doesn't it? What a difference when these people, when Paul knew that he was empowered by God to do mighty deeds and to do marvelous acts, he then carried on in Malta and did many, many miracles. Because God was with him and he trusted God. And God wanted to show people who he was. He wanted people to stand up and take notice that this is not ordinary. This is extraordinary because God is at work. And that's an incredible thing, isn't it? So when we lean in to God, when we understand that God can do anything, when we understand that uh, the limits of our minds can be broken, when God can change the rule and make something happen, and when we dare to pray in possible prayers and situations and people, and we're praying for God to intervene in their lives. Why? Because we want them to know the saviour of the world. Then we're asking God for a miracle. And we're asking God's intervention in their lives. When I was thinking about uh, um, what to say and, uh, and how to say it, I was uh, reminded of two times when I believe God interrupted my life. And I remember one time I used to travel an awful lot for work and I was on the M25 and I was going around the M25, big car park that it is, but we were flowing freely. And uh, I remember I was behind a lorry, a juggernaut. And the juggernaut had two massive concrete barriers on the back of the lorry, two of these huge uh, concrete barriers, and I was uh, behind the lorry, and I remembered it was like being in a a slow-motion film, and I can remember watching as the concrete began to move, and I watched, and the concrete, and I thought, I don't remember being scared, never remember being scared. But I watched as the concrete, these must have been 20 to 30 feet long pieces of concrete. And I watched as the concrete started to come off the back of the lorry. And you know, when you're on the M25, it's very difficult because you can't suddenly go because there's streams of traffic, there's lots of cars there. And it was just like watching something happen. And all I remember is my car was moved. I can't explain it. I remember watching it and it was like I was watching a movie but my car was moved and all of a sudden I wasn't behind, I was looking over to it and those concrete piles, there could have been an incredible incident but those concrete piles came off the lorry and they were just parked over into the central reservation and I just Watched it happen in awe. I don't remember being frightened, but I was just in awe. And I just prayed. I said, thank you, God. I just don't believe. You know, I got to uh, Heathrow, to the, the office there, and I couldn't believe what had happened. And I thought to myself, did God just rescue me? And I remember coming home and to "Share it with Ursula later. And sometimes it just blows your mind, doesn't it? Did God just show to me how much he loved me? Did he just take me out of harm's way? You know, God sometimes does amazing things in our life to raise our faith, to help us to grow. I remember another incident when I was up north and I was on sales and uh, I was uh, walking around. and um, uh, No, I wasn't walking, I was driving around. And I was completely lost. No sat-nav, no mobile phone before those days. And I didn't know where I was. I didn't know why I was, and I, and it was in the middle of nowhere, and I just went out and I said look i'm I'm lost. can you help me?" And they helped me, they told me where to go and and pointed off, and I put my window up and I went round, and there was no one there and I can't explain it, and I'm not saying that this is a, these are miraculous paths, but what I will say is it was God showing me that he showed up. But also that God was moving me forward because, you see, when we take a step and we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we're saved, then God wants that belief to turn into trust and into faith. And he wants us to grow and to exercise. He wants us to move on in our understanding of God. He wants to show us that he loves us. And he wants us to move forward in his strength. I've got a friend with me uh, this morning. And uh, Angela is here. I asked Angela to come. Angela, if you'd like to come up, thank you. I think this is this is yours. It's okay, that's it. it. It's a green light. Now, uh, is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So this is Angela. Angela is a. I've got a. you have to tell me if this is right. Okay. okay. So Angela is the author of The Endless Adventure. And um, she is also the uh, uh, wife of Stephen and uh, grateful for Stephen coming here uh, this morning. She's a mum, a foster mum. And more than that, you're a Christian and you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Definitely. Excellent. Excellent. It's really good to have you here with us, uh, Angela. Now, I've read Angela's books and I've seen... And Angela's thought, it told me, of instances where she's seen incredible things. And I thought it would be good for us to lean into parts of Angela's story this morning, because it's quite incredible what God has done and is doing. So, so Angela, you, you, you can just introduce yourself in any way you like, but tell us more, why are you following Jesus Christ anyway? How long have you been a Christian?
1: Well, I was thinking about that. I mean, I must have become a Christian when I was about 17, but I'm not going to tell you my age, because then you'll know. (laughs) 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 A lady doesn't do that. I mean, but um, I was brought up in a non-Christian home. I had no Christian teaching. Uh, I mean, I'm going to talk quick like Adrian did, because otherwise, you know. (laughs) But I had no Christian teaching at all. Um, So therefore, you know, God had to get through to me some road. And every Sunday, a big drum used to march up and down our street, followed by the girls' brigade. And um, I thought, I I want to play that. And so I found somebody. I was a bit of a thug. I wasn't a nice person to know. Um, My main occupation was doing judo and martial arts and all of that sort of stuff. Um, But the woman said, you've got to go to Sunday school if you want to play this bass drum. Well, I weren't going to be put off with that, so I went to Sunday school and I met this Sunday school teacher. I then had an accident um, when I was doing judo, and the the only thing I remember was lying in a bed and the Sunday school teacher being there and saying, you've got a choice, follow Jesus. You know, we don't know whether you're going to live or die. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wasn't very sympathetic, really, but I mean, yeah, but it did make me think, and I did make that decision, you know, and I lived, you know, and I didn't live to regret it, yeah.
0: (laughs) Very good. So, in 1977, Angela, you sang a hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be, Take My Hands, Take My Voice, And uh, you write at the beginning of this, of your story. On the 6th of April 1977, I sang this hymn as a prayer to God and I meant every word. I had only been a Christian for three years and yet I knew that there were areas in my life that were inconsistent. God was challenging me and was pointing out that he wanted to do things, he wanted me to do things my way. But he wanted me to obey and follow him whatever the cost. On that particular evening, I decided I wanted God's way and not my own. And I wanted God to take over all my life completely. That very same night, my dad died suddenly after suffering a heart attack. Andrew, have you ever regretted making that decision to follow Jesus Christ?
1: I've, I've never regretted it. I mean, as I say, it was strange circumstances. Um... You know, but that perhaps that was the only way that God could get get hold of me. You know, I mean, and God wasn't responsible for me dad dying. You know, He knew that was happening. You know, because He knows beforehand what's going to happen, and um, you know, that didn't phase me at all. You know, I mean, and you know, I God's good.
0: Excellent. You know?
1: I mean, and He became a father to me. You know, and that's how I sort of relate to him really you know
0: excellent okay so we're going to uh, go forward a little bit now God put Peru on your heart and you went to Peru I, I,
1: I did I mean but it was in a very strange way um, as, as it usually is with me um, I, I was going to a, a Christian thing and they give me a magazine uh, at the time, it was called Boz Christian Magazine. I can't say that word because I come from Stoke-on-Trent. And um, I opened the page, and there was an advert. We were looking for people to go to Peru. And I thought, ooh, that's interesting. And God says, well, go then. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was nursing at the time. You know, I'd got a job. Um, I thought I was, you know, I'll be good. I'll go out with a nice missionary site, get it all sorted, but not, no, God said, go on the 1st of May. Sure. Um, he says, and give your money away, and I'll provide you with the money to go. And um, there we are. So that's what I did. Wow,
0: wow. <laughs> 1084, NASCAR.
1: Right, okay. This
0: chapter is called Marriage or Murder. <laughs> so. It says, many things happened during the following week. Would you like to tell us uh, one of those instances?
1: Um, Right, okay. You've got to understand in the context of where we are, Peru was in the middle of a war. Um, It was lawless. Um, Christians, politicians, everybody were disappearing. Um, I mean, it was like being in the Wild West. I mean, and I'm not putting that on in any way, shape, or form. Um, But one night, I was in... I'm going to say a hotel, but I please do not think it was a mud hut, um, you know, with a bed in. That was was about as far as it goes, with a lock on the door and no windows. Um, So so I was in there, and I'm very good at going to sleep. Just close my eyes and I'm gone. But this night, I could... could see a picture um, in my mind and I could see a ma- a, 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 it was dark and I could see this man rocking on a rocking chair and he turned around and he faced me and his face was a bit like a skeleton mm. and God said to me get up get up and rebuke it at death and I thought to myself do you know what yeah I mean this is where I'm saying I'm not always obedient <laughs> I thought do you know what I don't think so I, th- I thought, you know, there's a, you know, loads of cockroaches. I've got a cockroach carpet, because once the <laughs> lights go out, you know, they're like... And I thought, no, I don't fancy that. And I turned over and went to sleep. Next morning, I'd forgotten about it. You know, and I think there's two things. There's hearing, go- There's hearing God and there's obeying. And I think both of them are extremely important. So having heard and disobeyed, I was was at a lot of a disadvantage. So I ended up going out and getting poisoned. Now, I was so ill that I came back, locked myself in a room, for I don't know how many days. Um, I I mean, I don't, you know, I had one of those strange near-death experiences at one point, but I won't go into that because that's something completely different. but at one point, I, I sort of came to because I wasn't sort of—I was delirious and everything—and and God said to me, "Look, I told you to get up and rebuke death. You know, either get up and do it or die." I thought, "Well, if you're giving them options, you better—you <laughs> <That's not. laughs> know, you better get up and do it." So basically, that's what I did, and from that point, I got better. I did find out it was a local. Um, what they called a mad mad thief, uh, a retata, um oh, I can't think of the words in Spanish now, but th- they said he was a mad thief and he decided to poison people. He'd already killed an Israeli and a German. Um, you know, I mean, and they were all very interested in why I'd survived, but there we go.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Well, it's good you did survive, isn't it? So. It is, yes. Okay, so... Move us on. We're going at 1986. You're on a bus trip.
1: Uh, I am on a bus trip. Um, I had learnt my lesson. Obedience is extremely important, you know, especially when you're in the Wild West or Wild Peru. And um, I'd got got, uh, into a bus. um, For for the sake of time, I'm going to have to say, a man was trying to strangle me. I had to cast a demon out of him. Yeah, it's the first time I ever have, you know. I and mean, then he tried to strangle the driver and got off. Um, th- there was a whole trip that went round, him telling everybody how to be saved, because he was a witch doctor. Um, he'd gone to a Catholic school, and then, you know. So we had a five-day sort of rolling trip where he was telling everybody on the bus to get saved. Turned out there was another Christian there. Everything went wrong on this trip. The bus got stuck. We were up in the Andes Mountains, um, and it was a rainy season, so the bus was stuck here. Landslide down here, tilting the bus that way. Um, They said, everybody's got to get up and pray to these idols at the front. Well, that was not going to happen. You know, I was not praying to no idols at the front of the bus. So the next morning came, and it was daylight. We could, we could see the preser- where we were, and you go, well, you, me, and, I, and other Christians can just get out of the bus and go and walk uh, and find uh, um, the tractor. You know, it was high altitude, you know, and people like moi, you know, and got the lung capacity of a peruvian um, was forced out this bus at gunpoint. I mean, if you think I'd got an option that wasn't that wasn't where we were going, and ha- had to sort of um, travel for umpteen days to go and find a a tractor to send back and then that dug the bus out, and the bus came round um, w- one last little bit to this story, Adrian. At some point in time we just got to a point and um, a big lorry overtook us, you know, I mean how it dared I don't know because it was like mountain road and whatever. It went round this corner and the whole road collapsed underneath it. Um, So we then had to wait for the um, thing to come back round. and. Yeah,
0: but anyway, I'll stop, stop rambling. So, so <laughs> in your book, you said, that I did not experience any altitude sickness. No. And the air was thin, and the other Peruvians were finding it difficult. God gave me supernatural power, which enabled me to walk all those miles in the heat without feeling any effect. Yeah. I mean, so.
1: I mean, it, it was hot in the day, baking hot, and minus 20 at night. Yeah.
0: Wow. So you knew what it was to totally rely upon God? Well, yeah. In, yeah?
1: <laughs> when there's nobody else there, I, I think that's...
0: So when the, the rabid dogs, and uh, I think you were poisoned again?
1: I was poisoned, but I had learned my lesson, okay? So uh, this time, I'd woke up and I felt really anxious, and I was in a place called Puno. Um, I'd, and I just couldn't shake this sort of anxious feeling and I said to God well what is it and he says Satan's laid a trap for you, I thought oh goody that's great isn't it really you know um, so I went out and I stopped and I had a cup of tea well not not like we would think a cup of tea but I had a cup of tea and then I was aware that these two men were following me around so following me around all morning and they go are you alright yeah and I thought, something wrong here. So after about, you know, a couple of hours, I stopped. I said, look, what's going on? And they said, um, well, we've just given you enough cocaine to lay an elephant out, and you're still wandering around. We are wondering what's happening.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. So, and so they
0: th- shall be poisoned, but they will feel no effect.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I had a really long talk to him, as I did with all the other ratitos that were around. That's the word I wanted the first time. Yeah, ratty. <laughs> ratitos that we're about, and um, it felt just, um, it was just a, an amazing time, really. The, the following day, I still felt anxious, so I thought, oh, something else is on the road, um, and I was reading, like, this is reason, one of the reasons I've got the piece of paper, because I can't remember, I mean, and taste and see that the Lord is good was also in this song because it's Psalm 34, I thought, I'll learn Psalm 34 by heart. And I was going along in my little world of my own, and I was going, bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue. My life makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name forever. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. And then I got to this verse. Well, I hadn't quite got to this verse because I got stopped at this point because I was surrounded by rabid dogs with Peruvians shooting at them. And I thought, oh you know, I mean, they were here, and I thought, whatever am I going to do, and God said to me, go back to reading that, you know, going through that verse, and I thought, they looked into him, and were radiant, and their faces will never be put to shame, and I said it a couple of times to myself, and as I did, I was just aware of this power, um, I think we said, you know, God is powerful, we are powerless, but we have the Holy Spirit in us, and I think in those times, he sort of comes out and sort of surrounds the area that we happen to be in and, and that's how things get suspended mm-hmm. and um, I, I, I thought to myself, wow this is amazing and I thought no, don't look round, keep thinking of that verse and as I did, these dogs all lay down and the Peruvian just came round and shot them and I thought oh, thank goodness for that Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think the amazing thing is that when God is with us And when we're going on life's adventure, the amazing thing is, is that God can do anything. God is not restricted. So, you know, these are amazing things. Now, before you sit down, there's one incident I wanted you to uh, mention, which happened in Ipswich. There was. This was
1: last year. I mean, there's other incidents, but the the one that you asked me to talk about. Yeah. Um, I'd got up one morning and I was going to visit a friend. And... I don't generally listen to the radio in the morning, but I put it on, and last time I must have put it on, it must have had music on, and I'd really liked it, and I'd belted the sound up really loud. So the minute I press the button, it come out and it goes, when the devil comes at you like a freight train stand. And I thought, oh, well, that was, that was interesting. So with that ringing in my ears, I, I set off um, down Spring Road. Now, um, I've, I've worked in dangerous situations, so I'm used to God sort of saying to me various different things. So I was obviously wandering around the le- road, and God said to me, take your hands out your pocket. Well, when he says that to me, I always know to do this. Because it usually meant somebody was coming after me, <laughs> and I'd got to sort of just protect myself from behind me. was now standing this far from my nose. I mean, the words he was coming out with was horrendous. He was spitting it all over me, saying I was walking on his pavement, and the pavement was on fire, and I couldn't have it, and all this, like the other. He'd got um, an afro that was out here, and grey. He, w- he was dribbling, and I thought, oh, my word. And I thought, no, when the devil comes out, you're like a freight train, just stand. So I stood, and I could... Sense that power. And I thought, no, come on. Let's just set focus, you know, let's look to Jesus and be radiant. And as I got to that point, this motorbike come up on the other side of the road and he stopped. And I thought, that's my Steve. Steve's my husband, by the way. And I thought, it's got Steve. I can see nitro written at the back of his helmet. I could see his little scooter. And I thought, hmm, that is my Steve. And then I thought, no, it's not, but I'll go into that in a minute. And the man just got off his motorbike, stood there like this. I thought, "No, that's not my Steve." And he. <laughs> anyway, he just watched. I was standing. I was staying calm. The man was doing whatever the man was doing, and eventually he stopped after about five minutes turned round and walked off. And the man on the motorbike got back on the motorbike and f- sort of followed him up the road. Now I could see a lady standing at the bus stop and I could see him edging towards her, making all this noise. And I thought, oh, I better jog up there. I'm not very quick at jogging. So I got up there and um, the man on the motorbike was here and the bloke, was at the, b- the bloke wouldn't cross the road. So I said, oh, and then he went off up the road again. And I said, oh, thank goodness, that man was there on a motorbike to this woman. She goes, what man on a motorbike? <laughs> what man on a motorbike? I think she, I'm thinking now she thinks I'm as mad as the bloke that was actually whatever. But, you know, it, it was one of those cases where God moved in. I mean, it wasn't my husband, because a week before, on exactly the same road, some lady had run him off the motorbike, and it was a write-off, and smashed
0: his helmet, so... <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Angela, for sharing. All right, let's uh, thank Angela for sharing. I think, um, yeah, yeah. I think the amazing thing is when God wants to expand our minds and hearts to what he can do. Because this is the spiritual realm that we're talking about. So we are in a battlefield. And a lot of the songs that we've been singing into... Talk about the battle that we're in. And God has empowered his church. And he's given us gifts. He's also given us armor. So he's equipping us to face the battle and to go on the adventure that God uniquely gives to each one of us. But you know, the uh, thinking about these things and uh, thinking about a lot of Angela's story, the uh, thing that the verse that came, comes to me is this: In Galatians and chapter five and verse 25, it says this: "Since we live by the spirits, let us keep in step with the spirits." You see, we all live different lives. We all have a different group of people that are around us. God uniquely places us into different situations. But we all live by the Spirit of God if we've given our lives and hearts to Him. And the thing is, people say to me, how do I know? How do I know if I've got a gift? How do I know when I should exercise this or when I should say something? It's by could, because we need to live in step with the Holy Spirit. The closer we live to God's, the closer that we live to God, the more that we are in relationship to him, we will know that little nudge, that voice saying, speak now, stand tall. As Angela said, you know, put your, be, on, be on guard, be ready. Whatever it is God wants to say to you, if we're close to him, then we'll hear his voice. If we're walking away from God and we're far from God, then he can't reach us sometimes because we put barriers in front of us between us and God. But you see, when Jesus Christ went to the cross, when Jesus Christ hung on the cross, it was because he loved us and because he was paying the price for our sins. So when we place our faith and trust in his work, then our sins are forgiven. He's made, we've got peace with God through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we can live in the power of the Holy Spirit's life because we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. But we need to keep in step. You see, I think the, the, the thing is the enemy of that is unbelief. Unbelief is our enemy. And unbelief will say you can't do anything. Unbelief will say your God is too small. Unbelief will say that situation is too big for God. But when we place our faith and trust in it, then God wants us to grow in our faith. And the, the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we need to exercise more and more if we want to exercise these gifts. If we want God to entrust us with more, then we need to... Fall in love with Jesus Christ every day and walk with him. Do you dare do that? What's holding you back this morning? What's holding you back from knowing Jesus Christ as your personal fa- saviour and friends? Do you know, there are many things. Pe- things get in the way, don't they? Things get in the way of us knowing God. And I'm going to ask the uh, band to, to come up and just to uh, play some music in the uh, background just for a while. But the power of Jesus Christ is evident everywhere. And we have to lean into him this morning. And I want to ask you this morning, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal saviour and friends, I also want to ask you a question. The Word of God says, My the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Has there ever been a time in your life When you've asked the Lord Jesus Christ to be your saviour and your friend. Have you asked him to come into your life? Or have those moments come and gone? And you've just walked away from God. But you can't keep walking away from God. There's consequences to standing away from God. Unbelief is the enemy. Satan will snatch the word of God as soon as you leave here and take it away. And we need to be conscious. We also need to ask ourselves, for the Christians here, I want to ask you a personal question. What do you believe God can do? What do you believe God can do in your life? What do you want God to do? Do you want to live a life empowered by God? Do you really? Do you want to see God demonstrating his power through you in your life? Do you want that kind of life? Or do you say, well, I, I'm, I'm saved, but I just want to, uh, I just want to sit and uh, heaven's ahead and that's going to be okay. But what about today? You said the decided of percent, weren't they? The disciples were launched into a life of miracles, of preaching God's word, of telling the uh, people around them about the word of God. And we can do the same. We have family. We have different people that come into our sphere of influence. And we too can talk to them about the Lord Jesus Christ. All of these things. But every day that we wake up and every morning that we step out, we make a decision what we're going to do. So I want to ask you honestly this morning, do you want to live for the Lord Jesus Christ today? Do you want to be his ambassador? Because if you've asked the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart, then you represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you represent Jesus Christ. Wow. Isn't that incredible? He trusts us to represent him. Wow. Can God trust you this morning? Can God trust you? Let's just stand up for a few moments. Let's just close our eyes. I don't know exactly where you are in your life at the moment. I don't know the things that are weighing heavily on you, maybe. Different things going on that are troubling you. But I know that Jesus Christ loves you because he went to the cross and he died for you. And the word of God says, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus Christ has laid down his life for you. And it's personal. He knows your name, Jesus Christ's circumstances this morning. And if you know that you've never asked the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life, then this is maybe your moment to do that, to make a decision, to ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life and into your heart, to forgive you of your sins and to put yourself right before God. And so if that's your time with God, then maybe God wants you to come forward, maybe to make a step, maybe to put a hand up, whatever it is, or to make yourself known that maybe this is your time. This is your moment. And you want Jesus Christ to come into your life and into your heart. There will be people in a few moments that will be coming to the front to pray for you. So this is your moment. But if you know that God has been speaking to you, you've been a Christian for many years, and you're weighed down by doubt and fear and anxiety, or different things are robbing you of knowing the joy of the Lord's, then maybe you'd like somebody to just pray for you. At the end of the service. So, you too, please come to the front in the next few moments. The service will end in a few moments. But, please, just as we stand and as we think and as we pray into this week, into our hearts, maybe the Holy Spirit is talking to you personally right now. Allow Him to be your guide and help. Just a few moments of quiet. But Father, I thank you for this time that we've been able to gather. I thank you for enlarging in our minds and our hearts into the, the marvellous things that you can do. The gift of miraculous powers. What you can do through us. And you want to use us. Father, how wonderful that is. And Father, I just pray for the anyone here who is anxious or just troubled by the way. Maybe they've never asked you into their lives and into their hearts. Father, I pray that today, this morning, they'll do that and they'll come to you. And I pray equally, if there's anything that we need to put right this morning or something that we need to pray for, then, Father, I pray that you'll give us the courage to be able to come forward for prayer. So, Father, just part us with your blessing. Watch over us as we just sit in your presence. In Jesus' precious name.